Alright, so we're back. Been a long wait. But we're finally back in the studio doing things. So I want to talk about Carson Wentz, him getting traded, and the whole situation. Because this is a very big deal uh, when it pertains to Philadelphia and the Philadelphia Eagles. So first I want to start off back in 2016 when all this was going on. When the Eagles had traded away Sam Bradford, traded away Sam Bradford, uh, Nick Foles was out of the picture, I believe, at this point. He was gone as well. The Eagles didn't really have a quarterback, and we had a bad season that year prior. I believe it was 2015. So we needed to, obviously, they were pushing the reset button because that's when they hired Howie Roseman. Not hired Howie Roseman. Howie Roseman was back off of the Chip Kelly um, getting fired because, obviously, Chip Kelly destroyed the entire team. That's when... Uh, they hired Doug Peterson, brought in Filippo, and then brought in the guy from the Indiana Colts, who's actually their head coach right now. Um, his name is escaping me, but he is the head coach of the Indiana, Indianapolis Colts. But let's get back to the main point. I want to talk about what the Eagles gave up originally just to get Carson Wentz, just to get Carson Wentz, right? So the Eagles originally had that year, 2016, they had the number 13 overall pick, right? And the first team they traded with was the Miami Dolphins. And in order to move up to get to the number eight overall pick, just the eight overall pick, they had to give up the 13th overall pick, Brian Maxwell and Kiko Alonso, all to the Dolphins. Now, both of those guys were... At the time, serviceable players, when Brian Maxwell was here, he got basically, he was getting lit up because in Seattle, they play a different style of defense as opposed to Eagles. So I believe he was more one-on-one and over there, he was more of a zone coverage type of corner. But either way, and then Kiko Alonso was a solid linebacker, but here in Philadelphia, he didn't do much. So it was kind of like the Eagles were just trying to purge their roster at the time and see what they could do. And then they got up to the eighth base spot. Then, then they trade with the Cleveland Browns, right? And they give up now the eighth overall pick, a third-round pick in 2016, a fourth-round pick, and they give up the 2017 first-round pick and the 2018 second-round pick. As of right now, that is one of the most ridiculous trades I've ever seen in my life, starting from the Dolphins down to the Browns. The amount that you gave up to the Browns, it's almost as if you needed to know this guy was going to be like basically a Hall of Fame quarterback. That's basically what we're talking about here, what the Eagles gave up. You're telling me you're going to give up a third-round pick, fourth-round pick, a first-round pick the following year, and a second-round pick two years from now. Plus, you're the eighth overall pick that same year. People, that's as a six, as a seven, as a eight, that's as a nine. Okay? That's too much. For what the Eagles get back in Carson Wentz, 
which is he did get us he got us in position for the Super Bowl. Ultimately, he did not win the Super Bowl, but he got us to the position. I will never forget that year. I can now die as an Eagles fan. If you didn't know, I am a Philadelphia Eagles fan. That's why we're talking about this because it's it's ridiculous. I will never forget that he put us in a position to win a Super Bowl, and I got my Super Bowl with Nick Foles, ultimately. But still, Carson Wentz, 11-2 season, almost that season's MVP in 2017, and one of the greatest two, one of the greatest days of my life being down at the Philadelphia Eagles parade and watching the Super Bowl at a Dallas Cowboys house and one of my best friends being a Patriots fan, watching both of them be salty AF while my team won Super Bowl and I get to celebrate. One of the happiest, one of the happiest two week periods of my life. We'll never forget it. But after that Super Bowl, what do we get? Carson gets hurt that following year after he already was hurt during the Super Bowl run. That next year, he gets knocked out with a concussion. And then in the playoffs, first quarter, too, which is really sad. And now we're talking about he goes into the 2020 season, which is obviously a weird season just due to the COVID whole situation. You know, God bless everybody who's been affected by COVID. But that year, which was last year, he he plays one of the worst seasons of all time. Like he had, I believe, 16 touchdowns and 14 interceptions or 12 interceptions plus like 10 fumbles or it was some high. It was a high number of fumbles. It might still be single digits, but it was still a high number of fumbles. And the Philadelphia Eagles on top of all that are like, you know what? Let's mess with them. Let's draft a quarterback. Why would you do that? Why would you do that? You draft a quarterback, and then you you draft a first-round wide receiver that everybody's screaming Justin Jefferson. You're like, nah, let me go with Jalen Rager. Ridiculous. And then in the third round, you go draft a, a developmental linebacker, and then in all the other later rounds, you're like, well, I'm just going to draft a whole bunch of wide receivers with speed, and hopefully it'll all work out. Coming to that season, Carson Wynn puts up the numbers he does, and now he gets benched towards the end of the season. I believe it's 12 games in. Carson Wentz is done. Done for the season. Terrible play. Eagles have seen enough. And they bring in the guy that they drafted, which they actually wanted to be, wants to be the guy. Comes in. Uh, he does some good things. Uh, Jalen Hurts, but it doesn't, over, doesn't overwhelm you. You know what I mean? It, it, doesn't, it doesn't really overwhelm you too much. So... The Eagles end up, all right, we're like, all right, well, we're done here. So they end up trading them, right? Now imagine imagine this. The Eagles trade them for pins on the uh, nickels on the dollar, right? And they trade them for, let's see. They trade them for freaking a second round pick no not even a second round pick they trade him for a third round pick and then a conditional it's a conditional second round pick next year which could possibly turn into a first round pick depending on if Carson wins balls out or not in my opinion from what I stated earlier 
what they gave up to get him. Plus, they're taking on the biggest cap hit in NFL history by letting him go, which I believe is somewhere in the ballpark of like $33 million. People, this is one of the worst organizational decisions slash development slash uh, just general ownership. Howie Roseman should have been fired. He should have been fired uh, from this. Like what the Eagles gave up, how they dra- you draft a quarterback in the second round when you know you have so many holes on the field. You know you have so many holes. And then the fact that you draft uh, Jalen Reger, right? You draft Jalen Reger, and then it comes out that the guy who I wanted, everybody else wanted, Justin Jefferson, who's taken one pick, one pick after him. So we're talking, like, the Eagles could have drafted this guy. It's like there's no, like, oh, well, we couldn't have drafted him. He got picked before us. Like, no, there's none of that. He got picked after, the one pick after the guy who won a national championship, helped rewrite NCAA records with Joe Burrow. And they don't take him. They take a guy named Jalen Rager, who nobody knew, played for TCU. We're talking TCU, so it, that's a Texas college. But still, we're talking we're talking uh, Louisiana, LSU, or TCU. Which one's getting more competition? Which one's been to national championships in the last however? Who's got more NFL prospects? Okay, you take out LaDainian Tomlinson from TCU and Andy Dalton, who they got? Nobody. Okay. And Justin Jefferson, kid sets an NFL rookie record for receiving and yards. Like we're talking we're talking a Pro Bowl wide receiver in his rookie year sets records and you chose Jalen Reger who ended up with about three or three or four hundred yards receiving. Howie Roseman should have just been fired. Just for that alone, just for that alone, he should have been fired. And then on top of that, you trade Carson Wentz, who before you had to give up multiple first rounds, multiple players, and even more draft picks to get him, just to get him in 2016. And this wasn't even the first overall pick. We're talking this is the second overall pick, okay? So how is it? that he is still here not to mention taking on the nfl record for most cap space hit with one player which is about 33 million i believe should have been fired for that as well i don't understand it but i want to get back to the whole carson wentz thing about carson wentz in general i believe carson wentz going to indianapolis colts actually I, i now remember the head coach's name it's frank wright uh the fact that he's going to Indy where they actually seem like they care because they're already the team is a playoff team. They had uh, Philip Rivers last year and obviously Philip Rivers is like 17th, 18th season. He just retired, too. So they needed another quarterback and they were like, well, we instead of drafting one of these quarterbacks, because I don't see outside of Trevor Lawrence and even Trevor Lawrence. It's a little he's good, but it's almost like, eh kind of got to wait and see what he does almost type thing and every other quarterback after that it's a crapshoot to me at least and then it's like well would you rather waste a third round pick and a potential and a second round pick next year on a a guy who's already proven somewhat we just got to you know get his confidence back and work with his mechanics a little bit 
Tell them don't just don't turn over the ball or hold it. You'll have a good O-line, solid wide receivers, better than what you had in Philly. Yeah, I'm willing to do that. You know, I think Carson Wentz in this whole situation, he didn't say much leaving out of Philadelphia except for thank you, you know, for giving him the opportunity and everything, and then everybody just throwing him under the bus. Honestly, if I was in the same situation, I probably would have tried to keep my mouth shut a little bit. I would have said maybe something, but I ain't going to completely fault the guy. You know, everybody's just throwing him under the bus. Bad teammate, not a leader, sulking, he's a baby, all that stuff. I'm not going to throw the man completely under the bus. He could have said something. But at the end of the day, I think that the Indianapolis Colts won this trade. The Philadelphia Eagles team, just based off of how they handled the entire, from 2016 to 2020, only a four-year time frame, which turns into five years, like, you know, going into this year. Um, was just is terrible, terrible. I don't understand how you get rid of the head coach, you get rid of the franchise quarterback that you thought was the franchise quarterback, and you keep the GM. This is only the owner working in cahoots with Howie, and it's ridiculous. And I have to say, the entire Carson Wentz situation is just, just terrible. Like this, this. To me, it sets back the Philadelphia Eagles franchise multiple years, multiple years. The only way the Eagles come out of this and it works is they have for the next two years. This draft that's coming up in the following draft, they literally have to hit on all of their first round, second round and third round picks and a couple in the back end. Because we're talking about an old team, no O-line, like basically every position is not good except for one cornerback and one running back, basically. Everything else is up in the air, and it's really sad. But you flip Carson Wentz, you get basically nothing back. The Philadelphia Eagles, you know, it's just it's it's a ridiculous situation that we have to I have to endure and watch play out while Howie Roseman is still there. I know where this is a Carson Wentz thing. He's on he's going to Indy with Frank Wright. And in my opinion, I think with Frank Wright, with the Indianapolis Colts, they're about to crank up on the NFL. They're already a playoff team. All they got to do is get Carson Wentz to get to get back to what he was in 2016 and the following year, 17 towards the end of that season, and even 18 and 19. Because it wasn't like he was he – was he's a top 10 – when he's on, he's a top 10 quarterback in the league. Borderline, in my opinion, the top five quarterback because of what he can do. So all Indy, Indy's got to do is just take care of him, get him right, and he's back at it. So that's how I feel about the situation. I think uh, I think the Eagles are foolish, and I think Indy might have just struck gold possibly. All right. I want to talk about the Canelo fight that took place last night. Let's be honest what that fight was. All right, it was nothing more than to keep busy. Let me take care of my mandatory, you know, keep the tools a little sharp in the shed and keep it pushing to something better. Because you sit back, you watch that fight against uh, the guy's name's Eardrum. He's got a weird name, so I've definitely mispronounced it. But you watch the fight. Canelo's been doing what he's basically been doing for the last couple of fights. If you watch him, he's more, he's not even really on his feet anymore like you, you watch the like second uh triple g fight you watch the first triple g fight 
um, you see him more on his feet. And then for some reason, it's changed a little bit. He's more just kind of like flat footed, just walking people down as opposed to actually moving. Something weird. I don't, I don't know what's going on with that, but he's not as he's not as bouncy as he was, I think, uh, prior. But in this fight, you watch him kind of doing that plotting forward, catching this dude with body shots, uppercuts, everything hooks. But this guy isn't throwing anything back. He's 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 at the party. He's at the party, but ain't buying no drinks. Huh? He's at the strip club. He's at the strip club. And he ain't getting no lap dances. He's just there looking around. He's just there enjoying the sights and sounds. Okay, he's not throwing any, nothing back at Canelo. You watch him, he might throw, at the entire fight, he might have connected on like five shots. That's it, five shots over a three-round fight. Ridiculous. It's like, it's like don't show up to a fight. Like, I don't care what game plan you got. The game plan where you need to switch something up, okay? Because Canelo, all Canelo did was just walk him down the whole time. The dude was trying to circle him, trying to come forward a little bit. Canelo would just go back a little bit, circle him, and just start walking him down again. Uh, it wasn't, I'm not impressed by the performance. It's more of a, like, we know what's going to happen type of performance. So in that, yes, I'm impressed that he got the job done. But in the grand scheme, I'm not that much impressed. He TKO'd him in the third round. This guy didn't offer, offer any firepower back. I don't know what was up with him, but... It wasn't anything to write home about. It's it's how Canelo's uh, fights have been going lately. He's on his front foot, walking people down, throwing murderous hooks to the body, um, uppercuts, and then kind of just hits you with a one-two over the top. And this time, it put uh, this guy down. Uh, it wasn't in, it wasn't that special of a fight. That's why I didn't even re-up my dad's and subscription to go watch it or anything i knew i was like this is going to be uploaded on youtube right after this is no point so i watched the fight it wasn't that spectacular it was spectacular in the fact that canelo isn't hasn't lost his focus and it's keeping winning but in a grand scheme of it being a good fight it wasn't a good fight it was a bad fight but um now he's fighting billy joe saunders who on paper presents a problem to him stylistically because Billy Joe is a mover and he can fight off of his back foot, which have been the problems that Canelo's had with people who can actually box in the past. Like if you can actually box, you give him problems. And if you can move, you give him other problems because, like I said, with him and his this plotting foot style that he has right now, he doesn't like to move around. And also Canelo gets tired in those middle-ish rounds like he can't keep up his energy throughout an entire fight he's a fast starter in the middle rounds if you can keep it going that long he tires down and then towards the end he picks it back up he catches that second win because he's kind of been laying off in the middle rounds because he's trying to maintain some energy but that's kind of what canelo is billy on the other hand he's a great boxer like if you watch him you're like dang this is this is a really good boxer like, his movement, all that. Like, he's a really good boxer. The problem is, Billy doesn't have any power. Like, he does not have power, like, against, like, a... Uh, he hasn't really fought elite-level talent like Canelo has. But Billy Joe, even against lower-level competition, isn't really knocking people out. Like, he's got knockouts, but he isn't, like, devastatingly knocking out these lower-tier people. 
So that lets you know that he doesn't really have like powerful hands, but he does have fast hands. So it is an interesting fight. Obviously, um, I'm going with the underdog and Billy Joe Saunders just because of the stylistic matchup. And I always thought that if Billy fought Canelo, it would be very tough for him. But at the same time, I'm a realist. I know that, you know, Canelo is the golden boy of boxing right now. So they, if it goes to the scorecards, which it would, because I don't think Billy Joe has the punching power to stop Canelo unless Canelo overcommits to some punch and then Billy catches him. That's the only way I could ever see that happening, like Billy Joe knocking out Canelo. But overall, yeah, you know, if I'm a betting man, I would put money on Billy Joe just because he most likely, he nine times out of ten isn't going to win just based off of scorecards, just because if you watch the Triple G one fight, you know, boxing's a little rigged, a little suspicious, eh, a little suspicious, but if you're putting money down on who who is most likely going to win, it's going to be Canelo. But if you want to make money, throw it on old Billy Joe because I think you know he has a pos he has the he has the stylistic and ability to possibly create an upset. And that fight's in May too, so it's only about three months away, which is pretty interesting, or two months technically because it's about to be March. But that's a that's a good stylistic uh, fight. But back to Canelo, his his fight recently, which was yesterday on Saturday, it wasn't anything to write home about on February 27th, I believe. wasn't anything to write home about. It was just an okay fight. Uh, he did what he had to do, kept the tools sharp. Um, his, I will say, though, those shots that he puts to the body on people are pretty devastating. They're, they're, they're heat seekers, and there ain't no joke. Like You need to cover up your body or you need to move. Cause ain't no game, but uh, that's my thoughts on that Canelo fight last night. So, just a just a keep busy fight.